Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Welcome in. Today in Jamie Learns About Music, which is how we seem to start every show lately. Is that is that is this Edgar Winter? Yeah. Is that why we're playing this? Yeah. Happy 77th birthday to Edgar Winter. Okay, so every time we do this, then I want to know, let this be a note for the future then. Like, oh, I hear a song I like. Here's who sang it. It's his birthday. Now I need to know other stuff that he sings. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it, the other big song from the Edgar Winter group was one that there was no singing in at all, a song called Frankenstein that, again, the title would probably mean nothing to you, but if you heard it, you would know it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they were jam bandy before the term was cool. And, okay. uh, yeah, and, and so they had a number of really fantastic albums, but their stuff just didn't get a whole lot of airplay except for that. Okay, let that be a note to Colin then. We'll play that song coming <laughs> yeah, up that way. we'll play Frankenstein in a little while. Well, and then that way I associate all those names, all those songs with a person, and then I learn things, and then it's, a beautiful then it's good thing. for all the way around. Um, yeah, stay warm. It is an ugly little morning out there today. Um, I just have to say real quick before we move on, move on to some things. Um, I drove back yesterday from Illinois. I just spent a couple extra days uh, to spend with my mom, and I drove back through like four hours of snow, <laughs> like into the snow, into the direction in which the snow was blowing at me through that like low visibility man was this a dumb decision to not check the forecast before i did this drive kind of snow yeah um and it just wasn't and then there were accidents and maybe we can talk about a couple of them later that i saw but i have to tell you i um it's been a while since i've been as excited about something in kansas city as i am about this soccer stadium it it was just a cool i don't come that way very often where i was coming in for my 35 and i don't i don't go to the northland very much anymore i just don't have a reason to and so to do that drive southbound on I-35 and cross the river, and it was night, it was like 9 p.m. To see that stadium lit up, the seats are in now. Uh, Brittany Holmes has been posting pictures of the seats. Um, I am super pumped about it. It's yeah. just super cool to see there on the river. It looks, I mean, any development on the river yeah. at that in that place is going to be a welcome sight. But you're right. It looks fantastic. And to see the signs that say opening in 2024, I mean, yeah. there is a lot of building excitement for it. I'm like you. I don't go that way a whole lot and even less since they closed the 35 South. Right. Ugh, what a nightmare <laughs> that is. Tell me about it. You ah. train your brain to just go a different direction, then yeah. eventually we're going to have to untrain ourselves. But yeah. Exactly. So, you know, when if and when that opens or reopens, I'll, I'll probably end up going that way a lot more. But yeah, we go to a lot of the pawn shops up in uh, up mm-hmm. in the Northland, and I, I happened to come back through there maybe a week ago and thought exactly the same thing. I was like, you know, it would be great. 
I, what I can't wait for is like late spring, early summer when the grass mm. is green around it. Yeah. And it looks like, you know, because now everything's just sort of brown and dead. But just to, yeah, to see that and have that hope of, okay, we're just a couple of months away from being able to actually play soccer in this thing, I think it's going to be a great thing. Well, and especially, I'm not the world's biggest soccer fan. Mm hmm. But I, I really just had this moment, like, oh, my gosh, I'm just so excited about that. <laughs> um, I would... Also because it's like the one area of town that St. Louis does better than we didn't. We have not done a very good job with our riverfront. Well, only marginally until so. Now. I mean, I'll, I'll say, yeah, you're right to a degree. But I mean, outside of like Laclede's Landing, where all the restaurants mm -hmm. are and the casino is, there's a whole lot of that riverfront they don't do anything with. So but you're right. I mean, up till now. They they do a marginally better job. It is something though that if if we develop that the way that San Antonio did Riverwalk, oh yeah, yeah, uh, and and there's no reason oh. not to. By the way, I mean a lot of that ground is just unused right now. That it could be really spectacular. Well, and then you get us over into the East Bottoms, you know, yeah. and then you could start to develop a lot of a lot of that area that is just kind of ugly right now. <laughs> it just is. It's just if you haven't been in the East Bottoms lately and tried to go to Rieger or yeah. tried to go to Knuckleheads. It's really nice, like at Berkeley Park, and then you go into this no man's land for a while, and then there are your, your two that's, little beacons of light right there. That, that little no man's land that's, by the way, so easy to navigate. Oh, it's, wow. you know, Google Maps and trains and <laughs> Google Maps took roads me the, closed. It took me the and, wrong way. Oh, when yeah. we were trying to go to Knuckleheads, it was like, take a right here, and I did, and it ended up at a guard gate and a booth and a train <laughs> and went, I, yes. I don't think this is it. Yeah, um, so it's just a really exciting time. It's just kind of fun to see that kind of uh, development in a part of town that had just kind of been left there. So. For sure. Super cool. Okay, um, this is one of those names that I feel like I have seen all over the place. Not even just yesterday, but in the last like week or two, knowing this might be coming, and to the point that I thought, who is this oh, that, I know. that is making all this news? Well, it's funny, too, because just a couple of years ago, I was in that same place, and I think it was you know kind of like mid-COVID-ish when everybody was still mostly inside and looking for any kind of entertainment at all, and all of a sudden, there were there, there was a series. There were uh, documentaries. And there was a TV movie and uh, kind of a feature length thing that Amazon put together all about this same thing. It kind of reminded me of when the Amy Fisher, Joey Buttafuoco thing happened. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden there were three competing TV movies that aired. Two of them actually aired at the same time starring different actresses. Uh, one of them, I, th I think, was Drew Barrymore playing the role of uh, of of uh, I just said her name. Amy Fisher, right? Yeah. So uh, all of a sudden, these these uh, there was a movie called The Act, which was Patricia Arquette and a young actress whose name I can't remember. It's Joey something, um, and and that was really well done. And there was a documentary series, and there was another TV movie that was made all about the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case. And essentially, what happened was you had the mother who was very overbearing and forced her daughter to do two things, to play as though she was disabled, you know, had her all the time in a wheelchair and, and convinced her that there really was something wrong with her and that she was dying and was, I believe, might have been poisoning her at the same time and also made her act like she was much younger than she actually was. She was going around as a 13 or a 14-year-old when actually she was approaching 20. 
So at, at some point, the daughter gets sick of this. She uh, gets a boyfriend that she meets. They're texting back and forth and all of this. He's in Wisconsin. And she convinced him to come down to Missouri and murder her mother and take her away, which he did. So Gypsy ends up in prison as an accomplice. Uh, I believe, I can't remember exactly what the charge was. It might have been uh, a, attempted murder or attempted manslaughter or something like that. And he went down for first-degree murder. So she has now, as of yesterday, gotten out of prison. It was one of the most bizarre stories that I can remember. And we watched, we ended up watching the movie that was made about it. We didn't watch the documentary. We watched the movie, okay. The Act, and it was fantastic. Um, State Department of Corrections says she was released at 3.30 this morning um, from Chillicothe, right? Yes. Are we debating how to say that? Was there a debate this morning about the right way to say that? I'll talk about that in a second. First of all, yes. Thank you, text line. Joey King is the name of the actress who played her in in the movie The Act. Um, Yeah, one of when Network was doing the story about her being released. Whoever the reporter was, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was, said Chillicothe. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, That's I looked That's not up, even the first thing you would assume. Of, like, I'm bad no. at pronunciations. That's not even the first way I would think. And I looked up at Jay Edwards, and we just kind of, you know, nodded and, and laughed to each other. And then not 10 seconds later, somebody texted in on the text line, Chillicothe, really? <laughs> wow. So, no, it's it's not. I've heard Chillicothe. I've heard Chillicothe. Yeah. I seem to blend the two a little bit. And those are at least close. You know, Chillicothe is mm, dumb. Not so great. Yeah. Okay, so as far as the mom, so the daughter's out now, yep. three years before her original release date. Yes. The mom, they said, prosecutors said, suffered from um, Munchausen's, which is where you pretend or you think you are sick when you're not. Yes, and Munchausen by proxy is where you have usually a child that you make sick or pretend yes. is sick so that you as the mother, and they were struggling. I mean, they were they were living in rural central Missouri and didn't have a lot of money, so not only was she depending on sympathy from other people, oh, you poor woman, look at this daughter that you have to deal with who has all these disabilities that she didn't really have, and she was also taking money. So anytime somebody would donate money to this poor mother of this poor child who was disabled, she would go ahead and take that. I don't remember what the final tally was, but it was a lot of money she ended up taking. Um, yeah, I don't have the figure in the story, the version of the story that got. Yeah, um, she had said mom took her to doctors all her life for various conditions, including leukemia and muscular dystrophy, forced her to use a wheelchair and oxygen tank that she didn't need, yep. forced her to eat through a feeding tube, shaved her head. Yeah, I don't have a total here of what um, the donations were, but Habitat for Humanity built them a house. They took a trip to Disney World. They met Miranda Lambert, country singer, through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. How long did this go on? Oh, years. Uh, I don't remember exactly how many. It was It was 10 years or more. I mean, it was a long time. And somebody on the text line just texted in, she may, be, she may be a victim, but she's also a manipulator like her mom. That's very much the way that it came off in the movie, is okay. that you know the mother was definitely manipulating her so that they could get money and trips and things like that, but that she was also, she, Gypsy, was manipulating the boyfriend to come down and effectively fix her problems for her by killing her mother. Um, was the bo- the boyfriend was sentenced? I assume. Yes, and I don't remember. I I want to say I he was sentenced life for first degree prison? murder. Was it li- I thought it was life without parole for first degree murder. Yeah. Okay. 
um, just was sentenced in 2019. According to her testimony in court, she said she had talked him into it. Okay. But he did it anyway. Yeah, and they had the series of text messages. I mean, there was really no, <laughs> there uh-huh. was there was no disputing that it was her idea and that she you know, asked him to come down and do it. It's so weird. Some of the people.com version of this. Uh, Gypsy is now married to Ryan Anderson, a Louisiana teacher she wed behind bars last year. Well, that's a whole other hour of the show. Yeah, no kidding. About how that happens. Um, she says, we're in love. Um... January 5th is the Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard will be premiering on Lifetime. Yeah, and again, I'm going back from memory for for a movie that I saw probably two years ago, but there was a component to it where, I mean, whatever it was that she was doing, that the mother was doing to her, her teeth were falling out. I mean, she did. She had issues, but it wasn't, they, they weren't natural issues. They were things that the mom did to her. I don't even know where to go with this, but it is fascinating um she is how old now she is she's got to be at least 30 maybe a little bit more than that 32 okay i mean a lot of life ahead of her now so now what you know what does her life look like now sure and and i mean what happens now to anybody knowing the ins and outs of that story and knowing what she was capable of I mean, the fact that she was married, like you said, we could do another hour on that easy. Yeah. Um, How does something happen like that? And how do you ever trust somebody when they get out from behind bars knowing that? And I want to be careful about this because I think, and this is just my own personal opinion on it, that it's not all her fault. She certainly did a number of wrong things. But when you're raised in that kind of absolute insane situation, how are you supposed to come out of that unbent? Yeah, that's a lot of therapy forever. Um, yeah, and she's still young. It's um, I, yeah, I'm I'm stuck on for a moment the prison wedding thing. I'm 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 just <laughs> I, because she convinced somebody, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, but somehow in the course of that, I, so did Bundy and so did Richard yeah. Ramirez. So <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, I, it's not unusual. It is unusual, I think, to see it go the other direction in terms of genders. You know, uh-huh. uh, I don't think anybody was lining up to marry Susan Smith while she was in prison. I don't think right. anybody was lining up to marry Eileen Warnos while she was in prison. But for some reason, in this case, here we go. Gosh, I don't have stats on that, but that would be fascinating. You're right. Most of the prison romances that we hear about are with the men behind. And it's the famous, infamous men. Yes, the, the mass murderers that we hear about that fell in love and had wet had you know prison romances, not the women. There was one while I was in Tampa. Uh, I'm trying to remember the names in this story. It'll come to me, but uh, yeah, a guy who was a convicted serial killer, who was he ended up falling in love with and marrying his lawyer, his public defender. She had to quit okay. the public defender's office over that. That makes a little bit of sense to me in a weird way. Like at least they had. There's an unhealthy element to that. That, <laughs> yeah, that he's a serial killer. There's and all. a connection yeah. there, at least somehow. It yeah. makes more sense that he would fall for her than she would fall for him. But whatever. Right. Um, interesting. Oscar, okay, Ray, have... Bo- Oscar Ray Bolin was his name. Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't. Re- it's B O L I N. I don't remember the name of the attorney, but yeah, it'll come to me. I'll have to look that one up. Uh, if you have thoughts here, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Again, she they let her out at three thirty this morning. 
um, to the free world here. So uh, if you want to get in, feel free to give us a call. A lot of you are texting in thoughts. Feel free to give us a call. I know, I know it's kind of strange. Still to come this hour, we'll talk about the reason a guy was thrown out of a movie theater. What he brought in with him that got him thrown out. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. All right. Next story takes us to North Carolina. Um, and this involves AMC theaters, which, of course, are based here in Kansas City. Yeah, and this one's not going to go terribly well for them. Um, what they had happen is they had a gentleman by the name of Reverend Dr. William Barber II, who is a civil rights worker, longtime civil rights worker, and is now advanced in age. Uh, he's in Greenville, North Carolina, and he just went to the movies, went to a uh, movie at an AMC theater in Greenville, and they threw him out because of an altercation that happened because, as we said, he's advanced in age now. He's into his 70s, I believe. And went in, he has limited use of his legs. Uh, his hips are a problem. His knees are a problem. He walks with two canes just in order to be able to get around. And he has an assistant who goes with him everywhere who brings a special folding chair. And that folding chair is designed, if you've ever seen one of those, uh, like the easy chairs that you get into and then it slowly sits you down, like you yeah. almost stand up and then. Well, yeah, it like lowers you. Right. It's like that, except it doesn't lower him. It just allows him to sit back because his hips hurt to the point that sitting down in a chair like you and I do would cause him constant pain. So okay. he brought this chair in and he was, they put it up in the handicap section of the theater so he wasn't in anybody's way or anything like that. And uh, and was sitting there, and the theater owner sent somebody in to tell him, you can't do that. You can't bring your own chair into the theater. And it escalated to the point that they ended up calling the police because he refused to leave, saying, look, the Americans with Disabilities Act says, yes, I can. And they said, no, you can't. And they ha they tried to have him arrested for trespassing. Okay. Um... I admittedly am not an expert in the ADA. My understanding of it is we've never talked about somebody bringing their own chair in before. Yeah. My understanding of it is that accommodations have to be made. Correct. Reasonable so as long accommodations. As reasonable. So as long as they were to make accommodations for him, if for whatever reason he can't sit in their chairs, as long as they make accommodations for him somehow they can deny him the use of the chair. The question I have is, and John, maybe you know this, is where was he going to put the chair in the theater? In the handicap section. So, uh, okay. and usually, usually, and I don't know the layout of this theater in particular, but usually that's way in the back, and they have special large chairs for the handicap section, and they have an area that's just open floor. Okay, that answers my question then, because my first thought in trying to give the theater the benefit of the doubt is well what if it was blocking a walkway other like patrons for, or right. right and for like exit restrictions and fire code and stuff like that you can't have it in the way but my next thought was like if you go to t-mobile center and you go to watch a concert there there's and like you said there's empty space there for people just pull up wheelchairs and so it's just empty and you can just so why what's the difference between him bringing a chair in and sitting in a wheelchair not much. In fact, nothing that I can think of. Yeah. And and so, uh, yeah, I would love to know what case they thought they were making because he clearly, I mean, if the man is in there and walking with two canes just to be able to get in the door, he's not making it up. 
You know what I mean? And and so it doesn't seem like there's any reason at all. And when it comes to the like the reasonable accommodations thing, what that means is he couldn't walk up and say, you have to build me a chair that I can sit right. in. I mean, that's not reasonable. But if he brings his own chair, what what's the problem? So the chair that he brings in is taller than, and like you said, it's like, it, it raises it. it it's up, yeah. so it's taller. So again, as I look for logical reasons why they would have done this, did it block other people's view? But if he's in the back, then you just move it to where he's sitting in the very back and that's his problem then, so right. that he's not blocking somebody else's view. He was told only wheelchairs were approved for the area. Here's what I assume, is that they've never had this happen before. Probably not. It's never, it's never come up where someone's brought their own chair in. And instead of calling someone to ask, they just stood hard on ADA. Yes. Or instead of just asking him, you know, rather than saying, you can't do that, you have to leave now. I mean, maybe make that a conversation and say, what is it? What's what's the reason why you have to have this? I mean, even that's a little intrusive and it doesn't seem yeah. like you have to do that. But for whatever reason, they decided to make us think about it. And now, I mean, after all of this, AMC Theaters has officially apologized to him. Uh, they apologized to him, his family and his guests. And even the police, I mean, when they arrive, they, they can't say no. If you call the cops and say, we have somebody trespassing, they can't say, no, the guy's fine, leave him alone. So they had to show up. But even some of the the uh, the, the back and forth that he had with the police officers made it seem like they didn't want to be there either. Like they knew. And that happens sometimes, right? They, they have to show up because they have been called. In fact, we've talked about that. Like, they arrest a person even though they know that it, that's stupid. Yes. But they figure prosecutors will drop the charge anyway. Uh, Barbara is having a news conference today yeah. to talk more about this. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, according to the article, and this came from WRAL in, uh, in Greenville, a woman who was with him because there were people taking cell phone video. Anytime something happens in this world, somebody takes cell phone video. And a woman who on the video can be heard talking to employees saying the chair is even smaller than a wheelchair that would generally sit in the handicapped spot during movies, the video shows a police officer saying to him, and I quote, sorry for the way this turned out. So clearly the cops did not think he was in the wrong. John, prediction, lawsuit being announced today? I don't doubt it. Yeah. I don't doubt it either. I would think so. Uh, What he's going to ask for is going to be an interesting thing. Is this something that he's going to ask for money or is he going to ask for a donation to his, you know, to his civil rights organization, which is another possibility, uh, or you know, a donation to some kind of disabled charity. I mean, usually if you've got somebody who is not, you know, in want of money, <laughs> that's right. that's the way things go. Is they say, yeah, you're going to make a donation of a half a million dollars to whatever organization. Um, but it just it's such silliness that it even escalated to this point. Um, we'll take a break. I want to talk about one line in the AMC theater statement probably shouldn't be there <laughs> we'll, we'll get to more of this if you have thoughts 913-586-7798 back with more of this next on KMBZ. your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too but when you finally decide to take care of you there's instacart just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings camera on while she's sneezing coughing and aching doesn't mean you have to do the same take it from us trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind instead get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through instacart in as fast as 30 minutes if anyone needs anything they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. 
coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Talking about the story out of North Carolina, uh, where you have a bottom line is you have a patron of a movie theater who, for mobility reasons and problems with his hips, can't just use a regular chair in a theater. So he brings his own, gets him a little taller, it's a little easier for him to sit in. So he goes to see a movie and he brings that chair in and he is told to leave. He is told the Americans with Disabilities Act applies only to wheelchairs and not to whatever this thing is that you brought in. So police are called and trespassing now is being talked about. I want to talk about the statement from AMC, which should have been one sentence shorter than it was. Uh-huh. Okay. Remember <laughs> the story we did last week about the guy that was trying to board the plane in Atlanta that was running late and it was a it was a wheelchair that he needed. No, it was the chair, it was the aisle, the aisle chair, chair. Yeah. To get him down the aisle of the plane. And they um I think I can't remember if it was Delta or United, but the airline said we didn't have any record of you asking for this. And by the way, if there is a special accommodation that you need in every way possible, you should do your due diligence ahead of time to make sure we know about it. Call, make sure you put it on your reservation, do everything ahead of time. They didn't need to say that. That right. was the, yeah, it's our fault, but it's your fault line. And that's what AMC did too. Th they said the right things. We welcome guests with disabilities. We accommodate, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the line, we encourage guests who require special seating to speak with a manager in advance to see what can best be accommodated at the theater to ensure a safe and enjoyable experience for the guests and those around them. In other words, this whole scene could have been avoided if you had just gone to our manager first instead of just prancing in there with your chair. Yeah, and then they ended by saying, we're also reviewing our policies with our theater teams to ensure situations like this do not occur again. So I bet you are. Yeah, right. So they, I mean, they do at the end kind of point the finger back at themselves a bit, but you're right. There's no reason for that. There's also no reason why, if he knows that that theater has a handicap section and they have to, to be ADA compliant, they, that's why theaters have ramps going up Right. You know, to, to where the seating area is and don't have steps usually because they want to be ADA compliant, or at least they have ramps going up to where the wheelchair area is. If that's already in place, he's fine. And and there's right. there's no reason why he would – he already knew, I don't have to talk to anybody. I'm cool. I'll sit in the handicap section. Everything will be good. Check with us ahead of time so you can educate us about the law <laughs> yeah. so we don't make a big scene and right. call the police on you. And it's not his responsibility to do that. Right. Right. I will be curious to see what comes out of this news conference a little yeah. bit later today. You know what? And, and it just it makes me wonder 
I, because I've never had to deal with this. Um, I, I thankfully, you know, most of the people that are in my immediate family have been very healthy right up until you know the final stages of their lives, and at that point they weren't going out anywhere anyway. So I've never really had to travel with somebody a lot who was in a wheelchair or who had some kind of special needs like that. And I wonder, I mean, for just the average day in the life of somebody who is dealing with that kind of disability, how many times they run into situations like this? If you have more insight than we do, 913-586-7798. Yeah, how often do you have to educate people about your disability? And how humiliating is that? Like, it's hard enough to kind of go through and have to come up with all these accommodations and think about it so hard ahead of time and call and make sure. But then to also, like, know you're right and then have to sort it out every single time you go yeah. to a place. Because in this case, I mean, you, you said the, the correct thing in that if he's not bothering anybody... Why are we getting in his face anyway? I mean, if yeah. if this wasn't a problem for anybody else in the theater, what is it that they thought they thought was going to happen if he brought that chair in instead of a wheelchair, which yeah, he couldn't sit in anyway? Sorry. Yeah, what's the difference? I'll come back to if they wanted to argue it was fire code because it was in the aisle, I will listen to that. Fine. If they wanted to argue it blocked people's view, fine. Which maybe it did. Maybe because it was taller than a wheelchair, Maybe there's something about that, that it blocked people's view. But our understanding is that it's in the back. Yep. So there's nobody behind you to block. So what's the issue? Yeah, in that case, yeah. Who who was it that complained, if anybody did? Or was it just somebody that noticed, hey, wait a minute, what's what's going on with this folding chair that that person's dragging into the theater right now? It's, and, and yeah, why why would you even, what's the upside to getting involved in that? From the theater um, standpoint, getting in trouble with your usually the reason why, and I assume these are kids. I assume this is a, at least well, maybe the manager wasn't, but I assume that the uh, the staff there are kids. Likely, yeah. Usually, the reason you're doing it is to not get in trouble with whoever's above you, and you just don't know any better, right? And so you're just you're erring on the side of you've been taught about ADA compliance because I'm sure there's training about that because AMC is pretty big. But this has never come up, and you don't want to get in trouble, and so you err on the side of being a tough guy rather than letting the guy just be there. Yeah, and, and somebody on the text line just brought up that uh, in their experience, it doesn't happen all that often. Most places have accommodations in place. They said Disney is fabulous with it. That I have witnessed firsthand, and you're absolutely right. I think the difference there is the number of people who go in those gates every day. I mean, Disney yeah. every single day oh. of every single year probably has hundreds of people in the park with some kind of disability. They're so well equipped because they have to be. Where if you're a movie theater, it probably happens fairly regularly, but not anywhere near to the degree that it would happen at a place like Disney. But it's also a really big company. I mean, I don't know how That's many true. theaters AMC has, but this isn't a little mom and pop theater. Um yeah, I'm a little disappointed in AMC just because this is a training issue. And now maybe you can't cover every possible thing that comes up for the first time. Maybe they've never had someone bring in their own chair that wasn't a wheelchair before. Sure. You know, and so now that'll be covered in training. But is there not someone that you can, can you, 
is there not a phone number that you can call, like a regional person where you can say, hey, <laughs> say, hey is this a, a hotline or something? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, here's a picture of what this guy wants to sit in. Yep. He brought it in himself. We good here? We cool? Sure. Because the national attention, not amazing. Right. And that's, this. yeah, that's what they're going to have to worry about is what does this look like going forward? But I'm sure we're going to hear more about that uh, when that press conference happens. I didn't see a time. We'll keep an I eye on either. it and see if we can uh, get some of the news that comes out of that if it happens while we're on the air. Definitely. In the meantime, um, let's talk about this uh, this note that was found in this cereal box. Oh, what a weird thing. Yeah. I saw this one this morning. Uh, this this happened, uh, it's going on in the Northeast, and there have been several incidents like this, although they only talk about one in particular in this article, where a guy went and bought a box of cereal. I wish they had given his age, because he's eaten Lucky Charms S'mores cereal, and I'm thinking, if this is a dude in his 40s, um, <laughs> maybe we need to talk about breakfast a little bit, but hey, I, you know, I like that stuff too. But uh -huh. uh, bought a box of Lucky Charms s'more cereal and opened the box, opened the bag, went to dump it into the bowl, and along with the cereal drops in a note that was inside the box, a handwritten note on just a regular piece of paper. And they, they also did, didn't go into a lot of detail about what was on it. He said it was a bunch of just random word salad that referred to conspiracy theories and things like this, and it just was in his box of cereal. They're still trying to figure out how it got there. Uh, yeah, and there's not, you're right, there's not much in it. Um, I'm irritated that we don't even know the tone of the note. Yeah. Like, it, was it a threat? It, was it a, yeah. hey, there's poison in this box? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, but the guy who opened it, he said, you know, just seeing that made me not want to eat what was in the box. And that was kind of my big curiosity with it, too. The, the suspicion seems to be that somebody put it in there at the point of sale. Either somebody okay. inside the store stuffed it in the box or, you know, at some point they don't think it was there at the manufacturing point that it happened inside the store somehow, whether it was another patron or an employee of the store who put it there. And uh, and so, you know, the guy said, I mean, I don't know. Is this note tainted with something? Right. Did they put something in the cereal box along with the note that's going to hurt me? I can't blame him for throwing the box away. So my understanding, based on his quote, is that this was your typical container of cereal where it's a plastic bag inside a cardboard box. Yep. And that the note was in the bag. So if it had happened in store, had the bag been tampered with? Right. Was, had the box been tampered with? Was the bag open in addition to the box? Which, boy, if you're going to do that, not only will you have to open the bag, you'd have to glue the box back shut. And have it not be obvious that it was messed with. Yeah. Which maybe isn't that hard. I don't know. But maybe all it takes is glue and most people don't look that hard. It would be more obvious to me with the bag because they're vacuum sealed. And, and then sealed, you know? Yeah. He, he said, uh, he said, it just bothers me. The note, really. It's the note that bothers me. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. right. <laughs> what else would it be? Uh, he I said, get it. These notes are found in food like kids' food. Well, yeah, that's what you were eating, buddy. So, yes, <laughs> kids' food is obviously the thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that they said other notes like this have been found throughout the area that's reason for concern. I mean, we've had product tampering cases like the Tylenol case. Yeah. Uh, and there was the Excedrin one, I think, before that. That, I mean, that that's the reason why we have seals over the top of all of that patent medicine like that. I, I, I don't think this is that. 
I mean, it doesn't sound like there was anything really dangerous in this. It might be somebody who's either just bonkers or somebody who's trying to throw a scare into people. But I'm not going to be the one to take that chance. I'm not eating that cereal. Well, so are you not immediately going to, somebody probably is, immediately going to General Mills and and tracking, because they would be able to know all that. Where was it packaged? Who, what, where was it? You know, what was the source of the cereal in the first place? I'm sure they've got cameras. I mean, it might take a little while to sort out. But if I'm General Mills... How are you not issuing a recall Definitely. of anything related to that cereal? Yeah, unless they're convinced that it was that, that it wasn't their fault, that it wasn't something that happened inside the factory. Yeah, his his quote is I opened up the box. I usually open open it up to take the bag out, and I opened the bag like this. So I poured it in my bowl and out came this paper that was folded up just like this. It's hard to tell from that. Yeah, if he's talking about the note being inside the bag or just inside the box next to the bag. Either right. way. It's still weird. Yes. And, and yes. weird enough. Yeah, I don't know about you, but like I said, I'm not eating anything out of that box. If you have theories, feel free to pass them our way. 913-586-7798. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. Back here on this Thursday morning. Um, it's cold. You say it's 58 in the studio? Yeah. I feel like it's just cold. Like, it's... I, I, my thermostat's probably at 65, but, um, like, it's, in general, it's just, like... 30 degrees outside. It's just gray. The space heater can't keep up. I understand. Yeah. yeah well, uh, apparently, uh, not to not to make matters worse, but if I remember hearing right on my way in this morning that Saturday night into Sunday is going to be absolutely frigid because Saturday is going to be fairly sunny, which means the sky is going to oh, be clear. Yeah. No mm-hmm. blanket of clouds. Out goes the heat, and Sunday is going to be a frigid one. So, yeah, get, get your electronic socks ready. Chiefs play Sunday? Yes. Too? Okay. Good to know. All right, a couple of uh, Christmas-related stories here. We will get to the worst headline of the year here in a moment. (laughs) Um, But New Hampshire is where we go first. Yeah, it's a little town in New Hampshire, Christmas Day night. A 31-year-old guy from Exeter was involved in a single car crash. There was an entertainment venue that he was driving by. and Or he was driving into one way or the other. But he said something distracted him. And he went off the road and hit the sign outside this place and hit a couple of other things as well. Uh, Walkway lights were damaged in the crash. He hit the mailbox. The good news is he's fine. The the, 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 even better news is he didn't hit anybody else. The weird news is the cops got there shortly after. I don't know if they were sitting there, you know, guarding the place or whatever, but they got there shortly after the crash happened and he was still sitting in the car. When they got him to come out of the car, they noticed right away that he was dressed head to toe as the Grinch. Okay. Full costume. <laughs> I mean. And there had, were pictures of it. Oh, yeah. Had the, the Santa jacket on over top of the costume, just like the Grinch did. And the, you know, the fuzzy hair and the fuzzy leggings all done up in green. Had his face completely made up. I mean, he is the great, he did a great job on the costume. I'll give him that. But um, yeah, I think the crash is going to be a little tough to explain. I love the, uh, I love the Facebook page related to this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We're extra glad he is okay, but we'll be without a sign and lights for a spell. Tickets law out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, This was bad. When you look at the front of the car here, he did a number on it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Certainly a unique situation, said the police chief. We never expected to arrive at the scene and find this. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> why bet. not? Well, and did the costume hinder him in some way? You know, was right. was he having a hard time driving because he was wearing a head-to-toe Grinch costume? And, of course, the other question that I'm sure everybody is asking right now is, this was Christmas Day night? How much had that dude had to drink at that point? They don't mention anything about it, which probably means that there was no reason to believe that he was drunk but when the Grinch crashes into your sign I, I would be asking <laughs> yeah walk the line here for a second <laughs> yeah, and let's just, just let's just see how we do in those boots or whatever he's wearing just to see he, how it goes well he doesn't smell of alcohol but he does smell of grease paint so mm, yeah he's yeah. got that going for him okay and then um you can take the headline on this since you saw this about the sheep. <laughs> yeah, this one out of uh, Boston, or out of the Boston area where a nativity scene. You, you ever you ever been to a church where they did one of these live nativity scenes? Yep, it's been a while, but when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah I can remember seeing them probably around that same time, you know, when I was 13, 14 years old. And there were a bunch of churches in town that would do this. And they would, I mean, one of them even brought in a camel, which was mm. weird. They had a camel and an alpaca and, and a couple of sheep and some other stuff, you know, just around a living scene where you have actors playing Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, a little baby in the in the manger and the whole deal. And they had that set up outside this church in the Boston area, but they had a couple of escapees, two sheep, just, and, and according to, yes, they did, they, they did exactly what you think they did. According to Eyewitness News 3, sheep go on the lamb during nativity event. Oh. What a gift. What a gift of a story this is for the headline writer and lead writer at uh, WFSB or WHDH. Yeah, every single time sheep escape from anything, you can guarantee they're going to use on the lamb. Uh, the police were chasing them with five cruisers, according Jeez. to one of the parishioners. Uh, and some of the parishioners joined them. That's according to Father George, who is the uh, the, the priest in charge at this church. Uh, so now the good news is they were finally able to wrangle their sheep. They got them back, uh, although parish officials say they aren't sure how the sheep escaped or how long they were wandering the city before being recaptured. This is the next uh, Lifetime movie with <laughs> Candace Cameron Bure or whoever is going to play. Yes. Uh, play the role here um, because you can just picture this happening with the five cruisers going after the sheep in the city. So Especially if we're going to figure out the story of the movie, is she the owner of the sheep or is she one of the people that was there trying to wrangle them? And, no, she's and, the owner of the sheep. Okay, and he rescues them. He captures Mark the Wahlberg. sheep. Mark <laughs> Yes. Or Ben Affleck or Matt Damon, one of the three guys that we know from Boston. Right. Is the police chief that leads the charge and there catches them and then they fall in love. There we go. Yes. And she, of course, is only in town visiting her mother from her job in the big city where she's a very successful blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think we just wrote the script. I think uh, you're welcome. We just need a director. Yes. All right. We'll take a break. Coming up in the next hour. Usually when we talk about AI, we talk about proving that students are cheating using AI. What if they didn't? Get to that coming up on KMBZ.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.